From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 30th of January. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we're going to take a look at the alleged Israeli drone attacks on Iran. But that's not the only thing happening in the world at the moment. So we'll also run through three of today's other most important stories. And in our Nebula exclusive section, we'll explain why India is expecting more border clashes with China. But first, the drone strikes on Iran. It was reported last night that drones had attacked Iranian government weapons factories and a fuel refinery in two completely different parts of the country. Officials have claimed that this was a coordinated drone attack, and while it wasn't immediately clear who was behind the attack, some believe this attack follows a pattern of Israeli strikes against Iran in recent years. Now, the Iranian government condemned the attack as cowardly and was keen to try and reassure their citizens that the drone strikes were not successful, with Iranian officials claiming that the drone that hit the weapons factory inflicted only minor damage on the roof. And they went on to claim that they actually shot down two other drones. According to the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, US officials have said that the drone attack on a target in the Iranian city of Isfahan was the work of Israel's intelligence agency, Mossad. And notably, an Israeli military spokesperson declined to comment on the issue. However, it's worth noting that Israel has long said that it would be willing to strike Iranian targets if Iran's nuclear or missile programs cannot be curbed with diplomacy. Now, the US military hasn't publicly said that Israel was behind the attacks. In fact, the Pentagon has only said that no US forces were involved and left it at that. Now, Isfahan may have been a target due to the four small nuclear research facilities within the city, as well as being the center for Iran's production, research, and development of missiles. However, according to the New York Times, the military facility that was hit doesn't appear to be nuclear-related at all. Regardless, though, these nighttime strikes are the first alleged Israeli strikes inside Iran since Benjamin Netanyahu returned as Israel's prime minister, leading to what some have described as the country's most right-wing government ever. The attacks also happen just as US Secretary of State Antony Blinken begins a visit to Israel and the West Bank, where he already has a lot of difficult items on his agenda. This includes Israel's approach to Russia's war in Ukraine, increasing tensions with Iran and other nearby states like Syria, and also what he's described as a new and horrifying surge in violence in Israel and Palestine. Okay, so that's the biggest news story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. At least 32 people have been killed in an explosion at a mosque in Pakistan today, with more than 150 other people left injured. The explosion took place in the northeastern city of Peshawar, near their border with Afghanistan. The mosque was crowded with worshippers gathering for afternoon prayers when the blast happened, a blast which left a section of the building reportedly collapsed, burying people under rubble. At the time of writing, no one's claimed responsibility for the terror attack, but the Pakistani Taliban have been blamed for similar suicide bombings in the past. Pakistan's Prime Minister has also condemned the attack, saying the entire nation is united against the menace of terrorism. 
Notably, many of the casualties are understood to be police officers and police employees, as the mosque is located near a large compound that acts as the city's headquarters. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. It was reported over the weekend that former Prime Minister Boris Johnson had a pretty, well, intense phone call with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. In an interview with the BBC, the former Prime Minister revealed that when he was discussing the possibility of Ukraine joining NATO, the Russian leader responded by saying that he could end Boris Johnson and that it would only take a minute, with him supposedly referring to the use of a missile. This came after Boris Johnson told Putin that he didn't expect Ukraine to join NATO for the foreseeable future. The former prime minister went on to say, I think from the very relaxed tone that he was talking, the sort of air of detachment that he seemed to have, he was just playing along with my attempts to negotiate. However, a Kremlin spokesperson described Mr. Johnson's account as a lie. An urgent search is currently underway in Western Australia after a tiny radioactive capsule went missing somewhere in the vast area. That's a problem because the capsule is about six millimeters by eight millimeters and went missing in transit between Newman and Perth, a distance of roughly 1,400 kilometers. It might be small, but it does contain an amount of cesium-134, which is a radioactive isotope that can cause radiation burns and radiation sickness if touched. Fortunately, though, it can't be weaponized. Mining company Rio Tinto said that it is very concerning and apologized for the alarm it has caused. They're now investigating how the capsule got lost and also helping authorities in their search to find it. It seems, though, that the capsule was being transported by a specialist contractor who then discovered that it had disappeared when the cargo was opened on arrival. Police have determined that it wasn't stolen, though, and the emergency service department have admitted that there is the potential that we might not find this. In a final uplifting story today, we discuss Dungeons and Dragons. Fans of the game were up in arms about a decision by Wizards of the Coast, who published Dungeons & Dragons, to deauthorize the game. In effect, Dungeons & Dragons was previously published under an open gaming license, which meant fans could create their own versions of the game for others to play without having to pay Wizards of the Coast anything at all. In their plans for the new license, though, this access would be revoked, prompting many questions about how this would work in reality. Because the original license didn't appear to have any clause which allowed them to simply deauthorize the game. Ultimately, though, Wizards of the Coast seem to have listened to their fan base and have now agreed that they will not update the license in any way that undermines the principle of Creative Commons, which is certainly a big win for players. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of why India is expecting more clashes with China, then watch the extended and free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. 
The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.